Hey everybody, welcome back to another wonderful episode of the North and Gold Podcast. I am Benji. I am also known as Alaskutan, aka Ellis McPickle on Twitter. With me as always is... I am Jake, and I am known as Jake Johnson on Twitter. <laughs> it's new. It's a new... new. I'm I, I formerly the mighty Alaskan Ute, but as we discussed last week, I've retired that brand, and I've, I've rebranded as a... Is a more down to earth and level headed person, hopefully, because that's that's more how I'm in real life. I yeah. Mean, Ten years ago, when I started my, right, but I, I slowly morphed away from that. I felt as I matured and got older, and so I, I just got tired of getting in arguments with with you know the new batch of Twitter people who are 18 years old and have 12 <laughs> followers, and it's like the same thing over and over again. So now what I do is I just tweet, and if someone comes at me, I. I look at how many followers they have, and I block them. <laughs> block them. <laughs> I, not very many. I have no idea who said this, so uh, sorry for not giving you credit if this was you, but someone recently was like, here's how to know if you're fighting with a 12-year-old online. Their their Abby is Donovan Mitchell, and and they fight with everybody about stupid things. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it was yeah, uh, it was I my man. It. it was our man, Braden Shamo. He, he oh, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, so shout out to Shamo. Yeah, friend of the good. program. It, you're right. If, if it if it's Don Mitchell and your name is either season S Z N or World W R L D, you know they're teenagers. So. Yep. Yeah, and then you feel bad. You're like, oh man, this wasn't really a fair fight because, uh, well, I don't know who has the advantage though. Maybe teenagers are better at fighting on the internet than we are these days. I don't. I don't know, dude. You and I have had at least me. I've had 15 years of training for that. You know. Yeah. I, it's you. You learn. You learn to. You learn where you can get somebody or trap somebody or lure somebody in when you've been doing it for so long. You know, yeah. You just throw out enough. If you're in a fight, you, you you're building up to your next tweet, right? You say something, hoping at least I do, hoping yeah. it will lead them to something, and bam, game. That's what I usually <laughs> did before I retired my shtick. The setup, and then the yeah. So one of my proudest moments with social media this year is there's a cartoon that maybe you're familiar with, where it's little stick figures, and the guy's typing on his computer, and then from out of the frames has, "Honey, come to bed. It's late." He's like, "Just a minute, honey. Come on. No, I can't. Someone is wrong on the internet." <laughs> yeah. I uh I sent that to my mom because she's I don't know if it's all of our our generation the the boomer generation has just been having a field day with arguing on Facebook about politics this year. So I sent that cartoon to my mom, and and this made me so proud. She printed it off, and she framed it, and it's sitting there oh, framed wow. by her computer. That's amazing. As, as a reminder to like just not engage with people? Yes, to, to, just, to just let it go. To just, it's okay to just go to bed, and it's okay to let people be wrong on the internet and move on with your life. You're right, dude. You said that, I think you said that last week when we had our, our podcast is, it's the most freeing thing when you realize you don't have to get the last word in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've I've been I've thought about that all week. And there's times where even still, I will I'll bet you ten times a day I'll, I'll start a tweet and then delete it. Just uh -huh. you know, take a breath. And then I remember your comment. And it's like that's like all. It's like it's freeing, you know. It's like oh well, big deal. It's over. I, I don't care anymore. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. The there there is no the idea of some judge out there that's going to declare a ruling on who was right. That that's that doesn't exist. Yeah, we, yeah. we we could just go our separate ways and it's fine in addition to that most of the time neither are right right there's no like winner or loser it's like you're both wrong for doing this and fighting there's no you're right but and you can always think you're the winner but most of the time neither person thinks they lost the argument anyway for sure so what's definitely the point? yeah 
Yeah, well, so let's talk football. Our, our football po- yes, our football podcast. As we know, with the Utes, there's not much going on. There are a couple pieces of information, though, that we can kind of get into before we dive into real football action. Um, we lost one of our top returning receivers this week, Jalen yes. Dixon. Um, he was, by production-wise, the second most productive res- uh, receiver returning. Um, however, Britton Covey doesn't count factor into that because he was injured all last year. So he's he's obviously a, a more important piece. But you, you have some people who are downplaying it, saying it's a deep position, deep position. And granted, if I had to choose between losing a quarterback or one of the receivers – Obviously, I'd choose one of the receivers because there's 10, 12 guys that see the field, whereas the quarterback's the one guy, right? And so right. if I were to choose between that, but the fact is he he was an important piece, man. He was he was a dude that could really take the top off the defense. You hear people say that. And what I mean by that is he had speed where he could go deep. When, he, when, when uh, Tyler Huntley got injured two years ago, Jason Shelley came in and finished the season. And Jason Shelley and Jalen Dixon were high school teammates, so they were boys, right? And uh, Shelley really liked Dixon and, and got and kind of looked at him more than anyone else. And he had a ton of deep plays the last three or four games of the year that were just we were missing. Like he could just take stretch the field and go deep. He had a lot of speed, a lot of he he uh did a lot of the end around handoffs. In fact last year against BYU he scored a touchdown in that game on that end around. He was just really fast. And so losing him does hurt. I don't care if it's not as important as losing a quarterback or whatever. But he was an important piece. So he he uh, he had been a junior, had two years in the program, and he produced. So I don't know. It, it, the thing is, he played kind of a unique position too because he was little. He was little like Britton Covey, but he was just blazing fast where he could go deep. And we don't have a ton of dudes that can do that. Brian Thompson can can go deep, but he's he's bigger and not as fast. And Covey's more of a scat slot guy, you know, where he takes the the bubble screen or the pitch in the backfield or a, a crossing route and, and makes something happen. He's not a over-the-top guy. He could be if they m- maybe use him that way, but they don't. So I, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do to replace him. So that kind of sucked this week. That so was the bad news. Do we validate the rumors going around by discussing them, or do we say we have our integrity as journalists and we're not going to validate uh, whisperings that we hear from this source or that source? What, what, just real quick, why do you think he's transferring well, in your heart of hearts? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 that's the thing is, it's surprising because it happened when it happened, right? It's yeah. not like he entered the transfer portal in the summer. Not only that, it's, I mean, right up until the season's starting, and it's a delayed start. It's not like August first he transferred. We're in October, right. you know. And on that, it's it's in October in a season that doesn't even count, where he doesn't even lose any eligibility. So technically, yeah. he could play as a junior transfer after this year and be a junior somewhere else next year, right? Right. So it seems like an odd time to do it because. Most other teams have started, you know, so why not just play this truncated season and then transfer? So I don't know. I've heard people say, and like you said, no, we're not invalidating our journalistic or journal journalism career um, degrees, right? They're right. still rock solid, even though we talk about these rumors. One of the rumors, actually, I don't even know. One of the rumors didn't even make sense to me. Someone's like, well, he can't even get cleared by the conference to play. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. Well, here's I talking to somebody today, just today, uh, coronavirus. You know, I'm I'm actually just finished a full day of providing healthcare, being a general dentist up here in North Pole, Alaska. Come say hi if you're in the area. Um, I heard about a guy, so patient of mine, and I can't name names, of course, but is had been uh, positive and has since recovered. So she was sharing with me her experiences, and her son, I believe, was hunting 
somewhere middle of nowhere and a guy walks into camp and he's just chatting with them and says oh yeah i was supposed to have surgery this week but they won't do it so i went hunting instead well why didn't they do it oh because i'm i'm covid positive he says while sitting there talking with somebody but then he claimed he tested positive back in may and has not tested negative a single time since then, that he's been continually positive. Which makes me wonder, there could be some possibility out there of, okay, if one of the protocols that the Pac-12 put in place is you have to have a negative, if you're positive, you have to have a negative test and then allow a certain amount of time to elapse, maybe he sees a window closing. Now, I, I don't actually know him, if he's positive, any of these things, just that that rumor's out there. There's a possibility. Maybe the Pac-12 is trying to rein it in so, so tight that he could play in other conferences, but not the Pac-12. So, maybe. Interesting. I mean, that would make more sense what that tweet means then. Yeah. He can't be cleared. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then... But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. But it would seem to me to be... That would be a really knee-jerk reaction to... to, to to leave the university, to, you don't know where you're going to land. You don't know if you're going to find a better spot or not. Somewhere you, where you're in the too deep, you know, and, and and making an impact to leave in a season, like I said, where you don't lose eligibility anyway. That seems like a short-sighted, uh, short-sighted decision. But who knows? We'll never know is the problem. You have people that will say, "Oh, this is what happened. This is what happened." But you never know. Million dollars on the line. Do you say yes or no? If I say he ends up at Utah State, if you're wrong, it costs you a million dollars. If you're right, you get a million dollars. What are you picking? And there's no push. There's no. I have to do no, one or the other. No, nope. this is this I, is the worst. This year sucks. Twenty twenty is the worst. You either you're either getting a million or you're losing a million. What do you what do you pick? Yeah. I I say yes for the reasons that yeah. I mentioned. One, he's he he went to high school with Jason Shelley, and they have a connection. Shelley's the quarterback up at Utah State. Two, um, most other schools have started besides the Mountain West, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten. So right. he's not going to go to say just for sake of argument an ACC team that's already played four games, you know. So yeah. his options at this point are if he wants to play this year, it's got to be somewhere in the Pac-12. You can't you can't interconference tra- transfer, so that's out of luck. Uh, somewhere in the Mountain West or or the uh, the Big Ten or what's the other the MAC? You know, those are the basically right. the four options. So yeah, I, I bet you. I bet you he ends up at Utah State. I bet it's announced in the next couple of days because they haven't started their season yet, and he's going. You know, and I wonder to what extent the uh, locker room politics plays into that. Where, and we've talked about that in seasons past. And I don't mean politics like they're both Republicans or whatever, obviously. But like going back to uh, the days of Max Hall, Dennis Pitta. One of them was the other one's brother-in-law. I mean, they were brother-in-laws with each other. One of them married the other one's sister. And, man, they had a connection. Max Hall, you knew he was looking for Pitta. And Pitta was great. He had an NFL career. So, you know, you, you can't criticize him and say, oh, he was looking at Pitta too much. I mean, if that's your number one guy, look at that guy. Yes, do that. However, that's not necessarily fair to the rest of the team if they're saying, oh, yeah, we're putting in an hour of reps in addition to practice every day because we're just chilling because we like each other. And you're not giving your other receivers an hour of reps just for fun, you know? Well, yeah, you're going to develop that chemistry. You're going to develop that connection. And that's great for the team. That's great for production. But there was one quote towards the end of uh, one of those seasons I think the re- the receiver's name was Mitchell, and he said he had a phenomenal game, you know, kind of a breakout game for him. And you could read in between the lines just a little bit with what he was saying, talking about how, yeah, it's good for me to finally get my fair share of looks or something like that. And he didn't say that. He wouldn't have gone been so cavalier about it. But you, you'd listen to him talk about it and think, yeah, he maybe feels like he's the, the third wheel in this uh, little uh, wide receiver core. Or, or uh, re- yeah, I mean, he was a 
Yeah. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say. It was a tight end receiver, I all that. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that's a part of it. Absolutely, dude. I mean, you've played sports in high school. Everything's political. Everything. Right. You know, a coach, a coach, and a, a coach and a kid's his friend's son. You know, I mean, just it happens everywhere. Whether you try to not to try not to or not, it still happens. And so, yeah, I mean, it was it was obvious because of his freshman year, he wasn't doing much. And then when Shelley became the quarterback, all of a sudden he's getting all these long, deep passes. He had a mm-hmm. long touchdown against Colorado in Shelley's one of Shelley's starts. In the, in Shelley's first start against Oregon, he had a long, t- long pass across the middle to to help us win the game. So he, he was getting touches he wasn't under Huntley, and I guarantee you know that played a part in it. And so, yes, I bet he's going to go to Utah State. And what's funny is if he goes to Utah State, it's like Utah State's becoming the junior Utes. You know? mm-hmm. They'll have Shelley, their starting quarterback. Probably DHC will be their starting running back. And uh, Dixon will be you know their receiver. Like Those right. three guys played a decent role at Utah. They neither of them, None of them were starters, but they all were in the 2D rotation and scored touchdowns and played big roles. And so they're going to go up there. It's to be like the junior Utes. And it's funny because it seems like that's becoming a trend since Gary Anderson was there because before, we remember COC Wilson, the receiver, went up there. Caleb mm-hmm. Rep, the tight end from Utah, went up there. Nick Henninger, a defensive end. I mean, they're, they're, all, they're getting a lot of guys that can crack our rotation but don't get the majority of looks or playing time in minutes, and so they go up there. Interesting. It's fine. I, I, it'll be fun to watch him if he ends up there. I'll, I'll definitely cheer for them. I'm already cheering for Jason Shelley because he's such a good dude. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So no, happens, that's man. that has been interesting to watch because I know Ute fans, yourself included, like to joke about uh, Provo, the team down south, being the farm team. Anytime someone transfers that direction, you know, you get a Francis Bernard or a, uh, who's the one? One it, of the man. one of the Kafusis. You just this is the thing, Bernard. That's fine. He's he's a great guy. I like him. Support him. You can't take our Kafusis. That made me really mad. Kafusi is like synonymous with BYU. You know that one? Dude, I was well, like, oh man, it's you funny took because a Kafusi. It goes back. It goes back and forth. Back in the '90s, the Kafusis were up at Utah. You know, right, you Jason Kafusi, who who played at Utah, and and the thing about him, I was he was he didn't play his senior year because of his shoulder injury, and half mm-hmm. his junior year he didn't play much. If he had been healthy, he would have been a freaking NFL star. He was incredible, Jason Kafusi. Um, yeah. In fact, the Kafusi's dads, all this guy, it's, it's Steve Kafusi, right? I think he was an ex-Ute so. too. So. Yeah, they were BYU in the seventies, eighties, then in the nineties they're at Utah. Now they're back at BYU. But hey, maybe yeah. this gets them back at Utah. Maybe they just yeah, maybe just, just pass them back and forth like a hot potato every couple decades. The the dancing kafusis or something. I don't know that. Yeah, but yeah, there's been a decade long uh, tradition of uh, you know Bronson and Corbin and just st- stud after stud. You take one out, two fill in, two replace him, and uh, we maybe just had a little too many. I think we had three kafusis on the roster, so maybe it's not too big of a deal. But yeah, anyway, looking at that, thinking this will be nice to get the uh, the Aggies as the, the legitimate. Utah Junior, you know, Utah State is yeah. like the real. Okay, you can't quite get the time you need. Go play there, and and that should make it a lot more exciting. I know it's easy for Utah fans and BYU fans to say we don't really care. It's just Mountain West. It's not a big deal. Well, having a little bit of interest, like these are guys we're familiar with. Maybe they care a little bit more. It should make it for a more exciting season for at the Mountain West level. Yeah, and it, they're they're good players. They are good players. I mean. Jason Shelley literally came in when Huntley got injured to his ju- the junior year uh, where we lost to Arizona State. It was like, dude, we're done. And he led us to the South Championship as, right. you know, as the starter. He beat Oregon, and Oregon was an eight-win team with Justin Herbert. They were a good team. We yeah. beat Oregon his first start, went to Colorado, throttled Colorado. Then we played BYU at home, which was the game where we went up, lost, went down big and came back and won. 
and he led us to the South Championship. We didn't win it, but he's good. He's a good player, dude. I think he's going to be good in the Mountain West. So, and yeah. same with DHC, and same with Dixon. They're good players, and they're gonna they're gonna do big things up there. I'm sure. Yeah, Devontae Henry Cole. He's he's one of my favorite former BYU players. Just like uh, Rose. Uh, crap, what's his first Derek name? Rose. Rose. Derek Rose is one of my favorite former Utah Jazz players. Great yeah, guys. I loved Rose. <laughs> so if whatever credit he gets beyond, you know, he goes pro, does anything, be like, there goes former Cougar Devonte Henry Cole. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a he's an interesting story because he came from Florida and then got baptized um, at the U by yeah. Chase by Hansen, Brit- I believe it was. Brit- oh, Covey, I was thinking it was Britton Covey. Oh, okay. No, um, well, they can't both do I, it. I think. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't. They could. I don't know. They, they could. They, they would, yeah, you could be a valid ordinance. <laughs> do anything, but, really. But I, I think it was. I think the actual guy that performed the ordinance was Chase Hansen. Was Chase Hansen? Okay. For some reason, I was. Mixed. Yeah. Those guys are kind of synonymous in my. I mean, they both. They're. Uh, I'm profiling them. They're the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he then he then he you know went down to BYU for COVID and then bounced and up at Utah State, which I don't know. I don't know how. I mean, they instituted a new rule today. They announced it. Well, they didn't announce it, but it's coming out that there's not going to be any penalties for transferring. Did you see that? No. Players players will have a one-time transfer with no penalties clause. Uh, so they this can, they is can, without sitting out starting. I think next year. This is NCAA wide. Every conference, every yes. level. Yes. I which, like that. Which I, I like it for the players' perspective. One thing that makes me really worried, though, is someone like. Say someone Utah gets a three star guy, and he blows up and is really good, and all of a sudden you know the U Alabamas and the Clemsons. Hey, we really need a tight end this next year. You know, get, I, I could see I could see a lot of potential meddling going on. I could I could see that if I were if I'm putting on my hypothetical Ute fan hat. If I'm a Utah fan, I think this helps more than it hurts. I think you're gonna it's gonna hurt you in your two deep and three deep. You know, where it's like, oh, man, we had three studs at tight end. Now we only have one, you know. However, you're going to get guys that make a name for themselves somewhere else that they get a phone call. I don't, it's, that doesn't mean it's okay to recruit, though, right? You're not going to have coaches calling other no, players midseason, no. right? Yeah, technically, Tec- no. Wink, wink. But, dude, we know how this slimy industry is, dude. You know, <laughs> you, see, you see people getting – I mean, I, I look back when Raleigh Atkins – this is totally out left field. Raleigh Atkins uh, was a – player a basketball player for arizona about three or four years ago tweeted a picture of his uh porsche ferrari suv or whatever with his with his license plate that said raleigh you know and like yeah that's like a a hundred and twenty thousand dollar car bro like you're not getting that work working part-time while you're playing basketball at arizona so it's like you know it happens it's just a slimy industry man Oh man, there's even there's things that make me a little uncomfortable that the NCAA, I feel like they're just too slow and clunky of an organization to legitimately enforce all the rules in the modern era. And one of the examples that comes to mind is you get the family of an athlete that suddenly decides, oh, I'm going to start selling, I don't know, whatever, like my own clothing line of fan apparel something like that it could happen anywhere you know but you you see it in your own fan base you say okay a lot of people are following this person's sister or something like that it's like wait a second they've got their fame because of what their brother's doing and then suddenly they're selling something on the side and oh hey cool t-shirt concept idea and all of a sudden you've made five thousand bucks on it well that's 
kind you can kind of tie that to the success of the athlete, not necessarily like look at me and I'm popular because of me. And so there's just these connections that are just a little tricky to enforce. You know, I mean, I don't know if you have to enforce that or if that's far enough away that we're saying, oh, that's all fine. Well, if you say that's fine, is it also fine to say, okay, we're going to build a church for this guy's uh, dad that's a pastor? You know, I mean, there, it's it's just there's a lot of gray areas, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, how do you enforce all that crap? That's why either you gotta you gotta either just quit being a a facade of an amateur organization. Just say what you are. You're a freaking business. Start paying the the players what they're worth. If they want to make money with their likeness, let them. You're right. They're they're too they're too reactionary. The NCAA, and only that, they're not consistent at all. Like, no. Someone can like you look at North Carolina. They literally were making up classes, fake classes, and athletes would go there and get an A, and they they proved it. But the NCAA is like, well, you know, the, it, it was an institution thing and not a, an athletics thing. Like, doesn't matter. Yeah. It happened to the athletic players on their watch. Or I mean, I look at like Reggie Bush at USC. Um, literally, what happened there is is agents were paying his parents to live in a house. You know, to get his business afterwards, it did nothing. USC did nothing to get him there. You know, it was like who he became, and then he started. I don't know. It's just there's no real like equal enforcement, and it's just it's just a joke. You and then you, you have people like Oregon, dude. Oregon gets Phil Knight, who makes it huge with Nike, and now all of a sudden they're just like have all the money in the world and can and all the flash in the world, and now they're getting all the recruits in the world. They just right. follow the money, man. Oh, you don't have to say that. To BYU fans, we we are still pretty bitter, at least I am, about Yoli Childs, who's doing this thing that's a brand new thing, which is you can explore the draft. You can kind of put out a feeler, and you don't have to decide just yet. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying his very best to get it done right. BYU didn't have the system set up in place to help him because it was a brand new thing. So he's doing the paperwork by himself, makes one little mistake, misses a third of the freaking season for it they came down on him so he self-reported as soon as he discovered he said oh look what i did hey i don't want this to look like i'm covering it up or hiding it here's what i did guys and they came down on him so hard and then yeah you mentioned north carolina you've got i mean the list of people who don't self-report and who try to cover it up they're they're rewarding that and this is what sucks me and my wife we talk about this and i'll i'll my kids are old enough that i can reason with them i can level with them i can say listen kid I can't give you what you're asking for right now because of the way you're asking for it. If I did, I would reinforce that you should be asking for things this way, and I do not want to reinforce that. So the answer is no because of how you're asking. You're reinforcing the method all the time. The NCAA, I just wish they had the the maturity and the, and the mental awareness to recognize we got to reward self-reporting. We got to punish people trying to hide it, trying to cover it, or else there would be a lot more of what you're rewarding. Totally, dude. I, I I learned at a young age about how it's easier to get permission or forgiveness than permission. You know, unfortunately, right. when I was a teenager, I learned that. <laughs> but as soon as my kids figure that out, it's gonna suck because it, there's not a lot I won't forgive them for. You know, right? There's right. a heck of a lot I won't give them permission for. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, um, so let's talk about your Cougs, man. We we drifted down a NCAA rabbit hole there. So. I- BYU's getting all the national love. You're my, destroying teams. My right? number 14 Cougars. Yes. Yep, you're destroying teams. And then UTSA comes in. And a lot of people, for example, Stuart 
Mandel from SI was on the radio today. He said himself, I didn't see the BYU game. I just saw the score and wondered what happened there. And maybe they don't maybe they're not as good as I was giving him credit for. This he, he flat out said he didn't see any of it, so he can't even comment on it. But what is your what are you what's your take on everything? I'm still high on this team. So I'm gonna go off on a little bit of a sometimes I'll just make little sermons in my head. I'll pretend I'm I'm like a preacher and I've got an audience and I and I'll just kinda go off. So this is the thing about sports. When we love a team, we love them for their potential because you see the player and you see them make the play, and in their mind, that defines that player for you. You say, okay, this is a guy who hit that 75-yard pass. He hit his receiver in stride. That was so perfect, and that is who that guy is. Now, when you're watching the team that you hate, you say that's the exception. You see him fumble. You see him do the stupid Tony Romo fumble where, you know, the ball goes flying backwards and he throws it and he looks like an idiot or the Jake Heaps fumble when he he throws it in the end zone, dives on it, kicks it, you know, looks like an idiot. And you say that is what defines him. So that's how we define our enemies and that's how we define those who we love in terms of of, uh, football teams. Well, in life and in football, we are not our greatest triumph. We are not our greatest moment, but we're also not our worst mistakes, and we are not our greatest failure. And so the identity of this football team, as a BYU fan, is real easy to be super high on them because the first three games were nothing but just beautiful play after beautiful play after beautiful play with hardly any mistakes. There was one or two, but you'd say... I'm not crazy. This is their identity. I mean, you look at Zach Wilson's completion percentage beyond 20 yards, over 80%. That is phenomenal for practice. So it doesn't matter if you say, oh, the opponent's weak, the opponent's weak. It doesn't matter if the opponent's weak. You can't do that when you're just going through your routes, when you're just, I mean, to be able to be that pinpoint accurate with another guy who's trying to cover you, I don't care if he's not good. That's phenomenal. So you'd say, okay, this, this team, it's easy to love. Now, we've discussed in the past before this team has a little bit of a, and by this team, I mean this program under Kalani Satake has a little bit of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, element to it where they they get really big on, and high on themselves. They beat someone like Wisconsin. They read their press clippings. You know, they start to buy into it. I think in the locker room this year, they're saying the poison. They drink the poison. They'll look at it and they'll say, look, we're number 15. And they start believing it and they stop trying as hard. And I feel like they don't practice as well. And then when they don't have good practices, they show up and they look like they haven't been practicing that that well. I think that happened this week. I think they got away with it. I think without the talent that we have, without the people we have, if this was last year, it would have been the uh, the Toledo it was T- Toledo, UMass, and uh, one other South really Florida. bad floor. What's South that? Florida. South, South Florida. Florida. I mean, there's. There's been three stupid, embarrassing losses in each of the last three seasons that are bad losses to really bad teams. So they played a little bit like that, and they got away with it, and I think they've reached that talent level where they can have a really bad game and get away with it. So I could be dead wrong. If they show up and and just get steamrolled by Houston, then I'll take it all back. I could be wrong on them. However, I still I, I believe. I think this UTSA setback in quotes you know because we won the game but i think this is exactly what they needed because suddenly they have plenty of film suddenly the coaches can say what were you thinking on this play what were you doing on this play this can't happen again i mean that happens in business too we just uh, today i had a moment where i said all right 
We had a miscommunication with a patient that is unacceptable. We can't surprise people with something like this. So I took this part of the staff aside and explained it to them and then the other and then explained it to them. You can't improve without having film to improve on. You got to make mistakes so you can improve. And so a ton of mistakes, real fresh in our memory. I'm expecting that this team is having a phenomenal practice. They're going to show up next week with two of their, at least one of their offensive studs back, I hope. They might have two of them back. And then um, a running back, I believe, that hasn't been, man, I didn't, I didn't do my prep. I don't have all the names in front of me. They're going to show up a little bit stronger than they have been, especially that offensive line. I'm expecting them to not, the, the line right now, I think, is BYU negative five, maybe. They're supposed to beat Houston by about mm. five points. I'm expecting them to beat them by three scores because simply just because of oh, how wow. well they've practiced. I think it, it's going to be one or the other. If they come out sharp, it's not going to be a close game. And and that's that's kind of what I'm expecting. If they do that, if they beat Houston by three scores, they're cracking the top 10. I mean, people are going to look at that and say, okay, this was our first real test. We saw Houston play Tulane. Houston's got a really good deep threat. They're not a slouch. I mean, they got they dug themselves a big hole early from stupid met, like fumbles and terrible first quarter mistakes. They dug themselves out of the hole and won the game just deep ball after deep ball. They've got a great receiving core, really good quarterback. Uh but yeah, I, I think this all depends on how well is BYU preparing right now. And, and I believe in them. And, and that's the thing. It'll either be they'll win by three scores or they're going to lose or they're going to embarrass themselves. And I just I don't feel comfortable saying I'm going to place a million dollars on it. Oh, wow. So they're either going to win big, lose big, or, or it'll be close. That's really bold. <laughs> <laughs> that's bold of you. Or, or the game will be canceled. There, there was a... Here's the other thing, yeah. and this I'll, I'll put this out there as the excuse right away. Those of you that hate BYU and want a reason to invalidate the big victory, uh, Houston's not going to be full strength. The, the last I read, they had a number of players sitting out with COVID. So if this is a totally different Houston, if we're playing Houston's backups, uh, yeah, should be a huge win that's kind of like a lot of things this year. Just, well, okay, I guess that's good, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, you make up a good point. If it happens, Houston's had a terrible season. They've had three games canceled already, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, they didn't have they didn't play their first game till last week. And if this one gets canceled, there's a chance because I th- I heard on the radio, like you said, there are either fifteen to twenty or something Houston players that have it. And if if I don't know, I, I don't know what the protocol is for canceling games because uh, I saw today that. LSU Florida got canceled for this week. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's a that's a big top ten. Well, I mean, LSU's not anymore, but Florida's top five. You know, yeah. Whatever. And, and and they canceled that this weekend over. I don't. It was a, a half dozen positives. So yeah. I don't know what what uh, the protocol is. Such a such a weird year, man. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it, I was on a walk with my wife. I was like, man, it feels like fall out here. The trees are gorgeous. But it doesn't feel like it to me because usually I'm distracted by checking Twitter of for right. football scores or updates or injuries or something, you know, or yeah. thinking about the next game. But for me, football hasn't even started yet. I mean, we don't even we don't even have the luxury of like practice reports after each day like like I normally do. You know, I loved during fall camp when you you'd go scroll through Twitter and see the interviews with the coaches and players and 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 the the beat reporters would say so and so looked great on this play. We don't have any of that, man. We have. We have a, a, a Zoom call every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning with Coach Witt, a couple assistant coaches. It's just all 
you know, just all like uh, watered down coach speak, nothing specific. You know, so it's not even the same camp wise. I don't, I don't feel the same joy because usually it's like, oh my gosh, this freshman receiver had a sixty-yard touchdown in practice. I, I can't wait to see him. Like, you know, I don't get any of that because we don't hear about any of that. We just hear, oh, we're gonna hit today, and everyone's feeling okay. You know, it's just, it's just not the same for me. It's a weird season. Right. But then I look around. There's teams that have played four or five games. You know, ah, yeah. What a stupid year. COVID ruins everything. Well, and uh, yeah, we're when you look at the at the numbers, I mean, I, and I don't say this, like I, in my heart of hearts, I truly want there to be a PAC 12 season. Like I enjoy, I live in Alaska and those are the games that are on during my prime time. And I love, I love, I'll tune in to watch Washington and Oregon play each other. I mean, that's Everyone watches that one, but I'll, I'll watch random PAC 12 games cause they're exciting. And I enjoy watching Utah football and I truly want there to be a PAC 12 season, but I don't know. What are the odds? What are the odds that happens right now? It's not a hundred percent because if the numbers well, well, in no. all of those states keep rising, I don't. I don't know if they're going to do that. Well, I think. I think at this point, the best case is they'll they'll play a few games and have a few games canceled. You look at you look at all the other leagues, right? They've all yeah. had games canceled. BYU's had a game canceled. Right. SEC's canceling games right now. You know, and so the the problem is the Pac-12 with the way they did it did not leave themselves any room for error at all. They're right. only playing seven games max. And so if you have two weeks in a row where you cancel games, you're down to five games, four games. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a season. That sucks. You know, like, yeah. like the way the the way the SEC did it was better, which they do everything right better anyway if SEC. They gave themselves a long ramp up. They started late, but they left open dates to, to have makeups. Pac-12 has no open dates now. We start November 7th when typically the second week of November, we have like two games left, right? Yeah. Two, like yeah. The season usually ends right around Thanksgiving. And so like that's when we're getting started. And so will we play a full season? If you were to put that million-dollar question to my head, no, I don't think we do. I don't think we play – and I say full season. I'm talking about yeah. all seven games. All seven we play games, all seven games? Yeah. No. I bet we end up – and it sucks. I have, we end up playing four or five which sucks because that's just enough to get your appetite going for football, right? You know, right? Gosh, I mean, I'll, it, well, I'll take that over nothing, I guess. And it's it's gonna make social media stupid because you're gonna it's the same thing. You're gonna look at all the highlights and be like, no, this is a good team. They totally would have won. They would have done this. Would have like you're gonna have hypothetical matchups galore. I mean, we already have that BYU versus Utah this year. You're gonna have like, what if BYU or what if uh, Utah versus USC has to be a hypothetical matchup? No one wants that. That's gonna suck. Oh, no, dude. That would suck if that's the game that's canceled and Utah goes five and one, but they right. and they're, or five and zero oh and they're but their game against USC is canceled. It's like well, what a joke. and let's say USC goes three and zero, oh, Utah goes five and zero, oh, and you got to decide who's going to play the team from the north. And I mean, it's just yeah, is there 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 will be a championship game, right? Or at least there should be. It's on the schedule, December 19th, or Friday the 18th, actually. It's on the schedule. So what it is is everyone's got six games scheduled, and then that seventh week is that the two ones, the two north and south champs will play each other, and then everyone else will just play another game against uh, someone from the Oh, Oh, that's nice. So there will be a full slate of games. Yeah, there will be a full slate of games. The two number ones will play each other. And and they haven't announced – when they first thought it, people were like, oh, the twos will play the twos, threes will play the threes. Well, you can't really do that if, say, Utah finishes second and Oregon State finishes second. We've already played them, you know. Right. In our sixth game, we don't, our seventh game, play them again. And plus, they don't want to screw up next year's schedule. So they want to, what they want to do is, after the champs are paired off, pair them off with people that they, A, haven't played yet this season, mm-hmm. and, B, that um, – 
they got to decide who's the home team, who's the away team. Because let's say we play Oregon, or let me just think of a team in the north, Washington. Okay, we played at Washington last year. So let's say we play Washington in the in that extra game this year, but it's at Washington because they have their home games. Well, we're scheduled to go to Washington in 2021, so that would be three years in a row at Washington, right? So they, right. they want to avoid things like that. They want to, So who knows who we play that seventh game, if there's a seventh game. I don't know. I hope we get at least five in. I, I will be... I'll be, it'll suck, but I'd be okay with five because that would yeah. give me enough to, to pre, because this doesn't count towards eligibility, right? So it'd be enough, it'd be almost like a, a preseason for next 2021, is basically what it'd be. Well, the good news is you've got a great leader for the Pac 12. So, you know, I'm sure they'll figure, <laughs> figure no, it out. You, you want to talk about bets? I wonder if that guy's around next year. Yeah. I would not be surprised if in the spring they, they fire him and get a new commissioner. It's been building and building and building, and he has just bungled everything. And yeah. now he's got two media guys who are like his hitmen who are there to take him down. John Canzano in Oregon and John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News both cannot stand the guy, and they are continually writing hit pieces. But the thing is, these hit pieces are factual. They like here right. they, they get like information, and so like they're painting him to look like the biggest buffoon in the world. And the fact is, there's two facts that go completely against him. One, he makes almost six million dollars a year which is like three times what the SEC commissioner makes. You know, like way more than any of the commissioners, right? And two, he's got our Pac-12 networks completely floundering, and he completely bungled that situation, and he's just got the conference lagging behind. So you take the fact that, A, he's the highest paid, and, B, he's completely screwing up his job. Like, he's got to be gone. I bet you – I'll bet you it's uh, 80% chance he's fired before next football season. So that was the shocking news to me of the week. I think it was last week that came out. There was uh, an article that was explaining the reason they're not putting the games on the Pac-12 network is nobody wants the Pac-12 network. They went to everybody, and nobody was willing to pay for it. Like well, They, they kinda, weren't going to partner right up with there. anyone. All right, explain you, to you, me what I'm missing. Okay, so that comment was about par- so taking the Pac-12 network when they started it and partnering with ESPN or partnering with right. another partner – to, to distribute it. So the reason the games are not on the Pac-12 network this, this season is because they want to get their money from ESPN and Fox, right? So they're trying to okay. fill that inventory as much as possible, right? But when you say nobody wanted us, what that entails is um, when they started their network, they tried to partner with ESPN or partner with CBS to with distribution, and, he's, and, and they're saying that nobody wanted to do that. The problem is it's such, it's just a it's just an anonymous source with one quote that we don't know exact details. Did they not want to? Was John, did Larry uh, Scott have like this exorbitant high price, and that's why no one wanted to do it? I mean, there's a price for everything. If they had right. gone to ESPN and said, "Hey, we'll do this for free," I, I'm sure ESPN would do it, right? So the que- the question is, at what price did they yeah, not want to okay. do that at? And we don't know any of those details. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, most of the networks like ACC is always like all CBS or something like that, right? I mean, they they typically do have some kind of a big yeah. games go on your channel, little games we'll keep on our own. Um, well, but yeah, SEC, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, SEC's network is owned by ESPN. Like, they own it. They partner yeah. with them. Which, dude, that's what, that's what you got to do. You got to partner with the big dog like that, right? Because they control the sports highlights, basically. They control the world when it comes to sports, almost, you know? And so... <laughs> I don't know. There, there was talk that they tried to maybe work with Apple, but dude, I don't know. I'm not an industry expert, right? But I, I would want to be with a sports production <clears throat> company like ESPN that knows 
the sporting world. I, I agree, but and that might just be our age. You know, when you look at ESPN as a company, like they've they've been cutting costs, they've been getting rid of staff. I mean, they've they're not on the uh, incline as far as their business model goes. So maybe it is smart to look to the future. Now that being said, I do not want to be playing football games on Facebook like the Mountain West was not too long ago. No. I mean, that seems like Dude. the stupidest thing in the world. Not only that, okay, so people always make fun of the Pac-12 network, and granted, it's the distribution's terrible. Like, I, I, when I'm out of town on business and they, the hotel has DirecTV, I've got to find a bar that, that has the Dish network, or I watch it on my iPad, which sucks. Right. Um, but, dude, at least we still have we still have our main uh, tier with, with ESPN and ABC, right? And yeah. Fox. So we still have, I mean, in 2015, the year Utah was... Uh, we we didn't finish great. We finished number like sixteen, but early on we destroyed Oregon and we were in the top five for a long time. We were on a lot of primetime ABC games, like at USC, at Oregon. Some so we we still get the good exposure that way. You look at Mountain West this year; they they just left ESPN. They have zero ESPN games this year. Zero, not a single game. They they released their entire schedule and it's all FS1 or CBS mm-hmm. Sports Network or FS2. Right, right. I've I've long held this theory that BYU's redemption as a program in comparison with the rest of the national landscape is tied directly to cord cutters. And so what I mean by that is you've got these sweet deals where cable companies are paying way too much or networks are paying way too much to the conferences for the rights. They're not, they're not paying an accurate amount for what the value truly is there that brings in. So conferences and teams are getting a, a really good deal. And I feel like when the day comes that it's more of like streaming is going to dominate more than broadcasting, right? You could turn to more of like a pay-per-view model and you'd say, okay, each team really does have this value, you know, because streaming is different from broadcasting. And so the day we see the majority of Americans streaming rather than tuning in via cable or satellite, I think that changes everything. I think you're going to look at every program in the country and say, what is their value? How much, how, what is it worth to me to, to put this program on? And that's one where I feel like BYU, I, I mean, they're not going to be top 10, top 20. There's a lot of great programs, you know, Texas, Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State, there's Alabama. There's tons of people are going to tune in from all over the country to watch those big, big players. BYU is not at that level. Utah's not at that level. Now, that being said, BYU is not out of the P5 range. I think they're at least middle of the pack P5 or higher when you gauge national interest. And I feel like if that's where the value is, that's where the money is, that's where the program should be. And it's going to take a few changes, a few uh, really revolutionary kind of disruptions to get us there. But long term, I'm not worried. I don't think independence is killing the program. I don't think the future is irrelevant or the program going away. I think whenever the system changes, BYU is going to be just fine. (laughs) okay all right so this is prophets always say like you could watch for this sign or this sign right here's the sign i'm watching when you're watching when you're streaming something and you see the espn logo and it says commercial break we'll be right back and it's like you know that song right that's that's it do you ever do you stream do you never stream so you don't know this. There's there's this this hold music, right? Where it's just saying commercial break. We'll be right back. But there's no commercial. Okay? 
And so this company is looking at this saying, okay, the TV networks, they have value in advertising during this time. The streaming value is not there. We're not going to give it to our advertisers at this discounted rate because it's streaming. So we're just going to play this song for you that goes, and it drives you insane. The first year they did it, like all the other BYU fans that were streaming and we're, <laughs> we were talking about that, like it gets in your head and it sucks. But now it's like five years on and they haven't changed the song and they haven't changed the background thing. And you know what? I don't mind it. It's fine. You just know it's commercials. You know, they've already shown two or three commercials. Meanwhile, the broadcast people get another three commercials and we just get this music. I feel like when that music goes away and suddenly advertising advertisers find more value in the stream than in the broadcast, that's when the day will come that BYU as a program will be just fine because the money will come in. Well, and they, they do have advertisements. They just don't have okay. the same amount, and they never have. You know, it's, it's never been an equal level. And so, yeah, I, I feel like that's when the shift turns to to streaming. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It, it will be just fine. Don't worry. I got don't you. jump when, ship, when that everyone. When that song goes away, that means the birth of the Christ child is happening. Right? <laughs> yes. Does that mean, is that too yes. sacrilegious? Is that too sacrilegious? I apologize. Tyler Algier, who I, I pointed out as my bright spot a few weeks ago, he leads the nation in yards per carry. Can you believe that? You know what? I can't. I mean, I can because it's it's a crazy year, dude. I mean, it's there's crazy. You year. have like the like you're talking about the behemoths. You have Ohio State sitting around, hasn't played a game yet. They're a behemoth, bro. They you talk about ratings earlier. I read somewhere that Ohio State has like ten of the top eighteen all-time college football rating show like games ever. Like the Ohio State, and having served my mission in Columbus, Ohio, I get it, man, because they don't have a a pro football team in Columbus. They have the the Browns and the Bengals on the north and the south, right? But, like, the main chunk of the state is just diehard Buckeye fans. And, like, Mm -hmm. I remember on our P-Day, bro, in the fall they changed our P-Days from Monday to Saturday because no one would – Waste a second answering their door. <laughs> they they pack really? hundred thousand people. Yo, yeah, they pack a hundred thousand people in that stadium, and then in the parking lot they have another fifty to seventy five thousand watching the game on TVs. It's in, it's incredible. It's like it is the show in that state, and and they uh they're the big dog man, the Ohio State University. Anyway, okay, crazy. so uh so we're 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 winding down here. So let's t- so you got Houston this week. Tell me your keys to winning the game. Uh, number one is the game happening. <laughs> that's really yes, to that's, me. You can't win it without it happening. That's a good point. That has to be for sure. I jumped into a Utah thread. Sometimes you maybe have noticed this lately. I've been posing as a Utah fan from time to time. And uh, your guy, what's Wait, your ESPN you're not, guy? You're not a Utah fan. I oh, of course I am. Long time, diehard, my whole life. What's okay, what's our ESPN looking? guy's name? What's his name? Uh, the ESPN Bill guy. Bill. Oh, Bill Riley. Yeah, ESPN Bill Riley. Bill Riley. I believe it was Bill Riley was like, what are your what are your concerns with? And he listed all the position groups. And so I was like, well, as a Utah fan, you know, which is how I answer everything. I said, my number one concern is coronavirus. And, and a couple of people got after it. Well, one guy was like, oh, everyone's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't mean like I'm worried the players are going to get sick and are going to like suffer from it. But if I look at the season, that's still my number one concern. I'm not worried if I'm in, you know, pretending to be a Utah fan, not worried about the quarterbacks. They're going to be just fine. You know, they seem to be 
deep enough at all these positions. I really do worry. The, the games might, they just might not happen, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And so, yes, bringing that back to BYU-Houston, that's my number one concern is will the game happen? Number two concern, and I don't expect it because we, we talked about this already, if they still are pretty high on themselves and have too high of an opinion of themselves and are being sloppy in practice, they're going to get caught snoozing, they're going to get punched in the mouth, and they're going to drop. There is no margin of error this season. With this schedule, you have to be perfect. You have to win every game, and you have to win a few games against good teams in style. You've got Houston, you got San Diego State, you got Boise State. Those three are must-win games. I mean, they're all must-win games you'll drop out of the rankings, but those are the ones where you can make a statement. You can make your case to say, we deserve to be in a New York Six Bowl, possibly even playoff. I know Utah fans, but the word, as soon as I say playoff, they're going to say I'm crazy. BYU right now, if you were to place a bet in Las Vegas, has a 10% chance of making the playoff. That's what Vegas says. That's not what BYU fans say. So I don't think I'm too out of line saying playoff, but the only way you can make it a playoff is if you win those convincingly, Houston, San Diego State, and Boise State, and the other teams continue to do what they're doing, which is amazing. 11-2. and two. You take everyone BYU has played or is about to play. You throw Houston in the mix. 11-2 and two when they're playing people not named BYU. That's incredible. They got to keep doing that. BYU has to keep doing what they're doing. And we'll be just fine. I think we're you were asking me uh, keys to the game, right? And I kind of went yeah, two off things, on though. a... Two things. <laughs> did you say a New York six bowl? I think you did. I said you said New York Six Bowl. Oh, I did say that. I always say that in my head when I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah, and obviously we we know that that's not what you mean because there is no such thing. You mean a New Year's Six? Bowl. Well, let's just call it an NY Six and leave it at that. I'm new to football, everybody. I what I don't. What are the rules again? Just kidding. Yeah. No. Um, hey, what's uh, what's New Utah's, Year's Six? Um, Utah's uh, per- percentage to make the playoff. Did you see that? Yeah, it's they are listed, um, but it, it's lower. It, you could place a bet. I think it's maybe something like five percent. You know, they're they're listed. Here's, here's my here's my thought on that, which you may not like, but we no, go, go back to what you said earlier about how money rules the day, right? Yeah. There's four. There's four spots. Um, there ain't no way the SEC is letting someone. Well, SEC is guaranteed a spot. They just are. The champs guarantee a spot. Big Ten champ will probably be guaranteed a spot. So you're you're battling for two spots, right? Between Big Twelve, ACC, or Big Twelve, ACC, and Pac Twelve. Clemson's coming out of the ACC. They are three spots are guaranteed. So it's that last spot you're looking yeah. for in the playoff, right? Oh, they for sure I, I need go back, help. Yeah, yeah. I go back to UCF in 2017 and 18. They went freaking 12 and 0 in 2017 and the very next year followed it up with an undefeated season two back-to-back undefeated seasons and the powers that be that hold the money found a way to not let them in it's unfortunate but there's just it's it's a it's a it's a slanted system man and i could go off all day on how it needs to change but it's it's like it, it would be like second coming happening Here's here's the help, and it really there's just like their football season. There's no margin for error. The Big Twelve needs to continue doing what they're already doing, which is cannibalizing themselves. They need everybody to beat everybody. You know, you got Oklahoma has a bad loss, or I think they lost two. TCU. Maybe lost twice. two losses. They lost twice. Texas and then they beat Texas. Also. Yeah. So both, Texas and Oklahoma both out. Your only choice in the Big Twelve, in my opinion, at this point is Oklahoma State, who's still undefeated. Right. How's TCU? They did they lose to somebody? They have a loss. Yes, they have a loss yeah. to I can't remember who it was, but they beat Texas, but they do have one loss. 
Alrighty. Yeah. So I just I just need them to all keep cannibalizing themselves. The weak beat the strong and keep everybody near 500, and they're not putting anyone in. You know, I mean, they if they can't put somebody with a good resume, they're not getting in. The Pac-12 could either do the same route, you know, make a case for nobody's the clear and clear heads and head and shoulders above the others deserving of the spot, or the politics comes into it. The Pac-12 says, nah, we're, we're not playing. We're, we're only giving each other, you know, if, if everyone plays two games, three games, how do you give a USC a playoff spot if they're 3-0? and You can't give you them don't. a, a – you, you can't. Here's, here's your threat. Here's your biggest threat, which is it's a threat even in a regular year, is that second SEC team. They've already right. got two teams in the playoffs before, two years ago, you know? Yeah. And so, so if you've got the SEC champ, the Ohio State – Big Big Ten champ and probably Clemson because you got one spot left. I just, I just, as much as I love you, man, and I love you like a brother, <laughs> I don't see the SEC passing. Let it, you know, finding a way to have a second SEC team who say ten and one, Florida, for example, not get in. I just, it's just, it's a slant, dude. It's not a fair system. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's, it's not. I, I here's the thing. Ninety percent, I, I think they don't make it. Ten percent, I don't know. I mean, if you put a bet, if you were to take your money to Vegas, they would honor that. They would say there's a 10% chance right now. Here's what would need to happen. Having observed the BYU hype machine and the more recently developed Utah hype machine up close for several years now, that might be power enough, powerful enough to get us there. Zach Wilson needs to continue balling out. like, And you can't put the responsibility of the whole season on one player's shoulders, but getting the hype. You know, if his name is continually mentioned in the Heisman conversation, more people tune in, more people say, hey, look at that guy, look at the throw, look at what he's doing. I mean, they can garner the attention, and they've got a lot of national media focusing on them. If enough of them come around and say, yeah, I'm buying, I'm in on this team, it's, it, I'm not going to say no. I'm, I'm never say never, but yeah, 90%, they're not going to make it. And I mean, most likely, let's be honest. They're not going to make it because they're going to lose a game this year, and it's going to be terrible. I, I fully expect them to lose one game this year at some point in time, and the unreasonable fans, there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. I mean, they will kick their dog to the curb and just, you know, there will, it will be a terrible day in, in BYU fandom. Reasonable fans are going to say, eh, it was a fun year. That was fun to watch. Whatever. <laughs> Move on with your life. Well, it seems that college football has the highest portion of unreasonable fans. You know what <laughs> yes, I'm saying? it does. Of all, of all sports, dude. And I'm one of them. I, I fully admit, I fully admit I am an unreasonable fan. And I, I get so emotionally involved in this. I've told my wife, man, I t- I, I, when I was growing up, I was diehard Jazz, Braves, Utes, um, Dallas Cowboys. And they've all gone by the wayside with the exception of the Utes. I still have that one thing that I hold on to from my childhood where I'm super passionate. And, dude, I I was devastated, devastated beyond belief after the Pac-12 title game last year. Devastated. Because I knew we were going to go in and kick Oregon's ass. I knew it. We were rolling through everybody. They looked vulnerable. They lost to Arizona State, who we murdered a few weeks earlier. And the cruel mistress that is college football, man, spun it all on its head, and it was the most gut-wrenching loss of my life and, and so you're right when it happens it'll it'll happen and it'll be it'll be devastating but we that's why we we love this sport though we get back up on this horse man you know we do we do yeah that right, is, bro, here's so. the thing. it's it's been a fun season like i that's the you can't take any day for granted in this life 
you know, you, you got to say, hey, I had a chance to see my wife today. I had a chance to hear my kids laugh today. And that's great. You, you know, you count that day as a win. And any game that BYU plays and they come out with a win and we get some highlights, that was not guaranteed this year. So just enjoy it. Yep. You know? And see, it, it was so weird when you said that it's been a fun season because for we barely like like it sounded weird when you said that. Like, what's he talking about? Oh yeah, they've played four. They've played what typically would be a third of a season already. Right, four right. games, and we barely put on our shoulder pads today. So when you said it's been a fun season, it took me a second to think. What? I'm like, oh yeah, this is so weird. 2020 is so weird, and it sucks. It does. Oh, well. It does. Yeah, right, well, well, hey, a lot of our listeners are living in areas where the coronavirus is surging. So wear your masks, you know, social distance. Stay don't, safe. Don't let your guard down. Football depends on it, you know. Forget everything else. Well, don't forget everything else. Your grandparents are important too. But, I mean, it takes everybody. It takes everybody to get the numbers where they need to be to keep Utah football safe. I mean, hey, with PSA, wear your mask. Any- any shout outs? We usually do a couple shout outs to people. We already did Braden Shamo. Is anyone else who wanna we have a shout out? Yeah. This new guy, I I had not heard of him and I started following him right away. Bogo for Corduroy. Do you know anything about Bogo for Corduroy? Like B O G O four, and then I think it's Corduroy. I'd have to, you'll find him if you start typing in that much. He had the best tweet of the year. Did you see that? I did not. I've, n- I've never heard this guy. Now I'm really anxious. What do he say? Okay, I retweeted. There is very rare for me to retweet something a Utah fan says that's slamming BYU or making fun of BYU. I had so much respect for this effort that I was like, I got to just straight retweet this because it is hilarious. He took a clip from the movie The Testaments, One Fold and One Shepherd, right? <laughs> you familiar with the yet. movie? Yeah, I saw that. The... <laughs> and he said, he said, this is what I want to tell my BYU friends when they ask why I can't just be happy for all the attention, the hype, all that that BYU is getting. And it's the quote where the, the rebellious son, who's a very skilled craftsman, he's wearing his fancy headdress and all his uh, costly apparel, and he approaches his father and says, why aren't you happy for me? And then the wise father says, I am happy because you are happy, but I am sad. Because your happiness will not last. And that, that's the end of the clip. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. Shout out to you. I don't, like I said, See, I don't know. I, that, that's the kind of Twitter stuff I love and I wish we could just get focus on, you know? Yeah. The problem is, my old account, Mighty Alaskan, if I had tweeted that out, I would have people like, you're such an idiot. Always, in, they're all in your head. You're in BYU's head, blah, 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 blah. If we could all get to the point where it's like Sporty McSports, where he just jokes around, and oh, yeah. Caleb, 40 Uter, if everyone could just take it that way, Twitter would right. be so much better, man. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Oh, well. Say lovey. All right, yep. well, I guess we'll wrap this up. Any sponsors this week? Um, I was going to say sponsored by Soda Flow, but they're no longer around. Soda Flow turned into a oh, face. Yeah. Well, we're gonna pretend that this is a this is a visual as well. This is just an audio program, but you can see me, so yes, here's a, a visual. The, Aur- the Aurora Borealis. We're sponsored Come. by the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> Come check out if you're in downtown Fairbanks. <laughs> there might be one list. I think I know a guy who might listen. Uh, but yeah, if you're in Fairbanks, sweet. we've we've got the Alaska Coffee and Camera, or is it Camera and Coffee? I think it might be Alaska Camera and Coffee Gallery that is in downtown Fairbanks on 2nd Street. And uh, I've got a few pieces hanging there. I've got some available for purchase. You could walk away with one of my favorite pictures. I've blown up really big. 
I can't. I think I asked like three hundred dollars for it because it's got a sweet frame and it's really big. Uh, you can come grab that, or you can grab these little prints for thirty dollars. But uh, I've got a lot of my artwork hanging at the Alaska Camera and Coffee Gallery in downtown Fairbanks. Come check us out. I need to, dude. I need to honestly. I need to check out your website and get something because I need to pay homage to my past, man. As as we know, I'm a former Alaskan myself, and I don't really have a lot of looking around my office here. I don't really have a lot of Alaskan stuff. So if I could get a nice Aurora Borealis picture. Or yeah. something to pay homage to my my Alaskan days, then uh, then that would be worth it. So I'm gonna check it out. What's your website? So you can find my work at bhoutdoor.com. Bh for Benji Hadfield, and then outdoor because my photography takes place outdoors. dot com. Bhoutdoor.com. And yeah, you're making me wish I'd made a trip down to Juneau to get some of your old stomping grounds. But I do have. I've got quite a few that are from a part of my, the state that's closer to me that is a lot like Juno. When I go to Valdez, it's a temperate rainforest. It, to me, looks yeah. like the pictures I see from Juno. So you, you might yeah. find something that looks like home. You, you, you should find your way down there, man. How, how, let me ask you, how old your, do any of your kids play sports, any of your sons? Uh, does the Xbox count? Yes. <laughs> my my kids saying, are more into, in case, into eSports. In case North Pole ever played against the Juno Douglas Crimson Bears, <laughs> you can find oh, your way we, down in Juno. We do need to recap that. So this has been kind of funny talking about all the different uh, adaptations. North Pole just wrapped up their season. I honestly, I don't know how they did. I I don't know. I I know they. I think they at least won one. I don't think they lost them all, which has been where we've been at the last few years. But they had them play the local teams, and so here in the interior Alaska, I mean, huge geographically huge area, population wise, pretty small. We've got three high schools plus one on the Air Force base. And those are kind of the four teams that are able to play each other. And they played each other over and over and over again. So to to finish their season, they played their arch rival from Fairbanks for the third time. And then... And then I just saw today. I was reading online that they have. Uh, there's no postseason. The the state said now nah, cases are too high in different places, and so that's it. You play the locals again and again and again, and that's the season. 2020, man, what a year! What a yeah. year, right? Well, yep. all right, brother. We will wrap this up. Until next time, go Utes. Go Cougs.